probably you pay me a certain amount of money a month and I'll run your page. I'll take the photos. I'll share about your live music events. I'll share about your specials that you guys do and I'll create the content. Like I'll take photos. I'll do graphic design, whatever. And he was like, sounds great. And I'm like, cool. I just got my first social media job. <laughs> and you have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. Courtney Garza McCulloch a vegan entrepreneur with a background in journalism found a way to contribute to the vegan movement by simply creating her own opportunities at a time when people thought journalism was a dying field. Stay tuned to learn how the colorful Courtney founded her Sprinkles Creative Business to support vegan businesses. As always, the full bio and links for each of my guests can be found in the podcast website. That's healthylifestylesolutions.org. Hi, yes. Thank you for having me. Courtney, let's start by learning a little bit about you. I did say that in preparation for this interview, I did a little bit of research and you've said that you knew early on that you were a little bit different from the family of origin. You knew that you wanted to take a different path. And uh, and early on, you were not very interested in eating animals. So we can we learn a little bit about that, what it was like growing up and how you came to veganism? Absolutely. And obviously, I love my family. We are still very close. I talk to them at least, you know, once a week. Um, and they're kind of scattered. But um, yeah, a lot of my family obviously are from the South, being as we are in Texas. But a lot of my mom's side comes from Alabama, which is like, very south. You think Texas is southerners, Alabama is even more so. And um, they um, are huge on eating lots of dairy, not so much meat heavy, just, you know, lots of there's a lot of butter in southern dishes and milk and whatnot. Um, so that was definitely what I grew up on. Um, and me going vegan was tied to not only my passion and love for animals, but also just knowing that I didn't really want to kind of live that lifestyle that they were living. There's just, you know, I think we're all born with a certain intuition, a certain gut feeling. And there's something about what I saw in their lifestyle. Again, I still talk to them. They're amazing. But there's something that just didn't resonate with me. And uh, as a young kid, I was like, I'm going to do something different than them. And I did. So it was kind of like my whole mission as a child and teenager and uh, then college student to one, go to college. None of my family did that. And that was very important to me, um, to be the first. And I did, and I'm very happy to, but congratulations. It's, it's, um, such a big deal to be able to do this for yourself when you haven't had that guidance early on and then you go and you do it for yourself. Yeah. And it's funny you say that too, because, um, ever since then, every job that I've ever had has been not me filling a role, but me creating a role. Um, and I think that goes, that like harkens back to me kind of writing my own rule book from childhood because I didn't really have any other uh, example to lead by. And so it's kind of funny now I'm seeing the pattern happen without my career. It's like nobody has done this before. And I kind of love that. I kind of prefer that. I want the, the road less traveled, if you will. I think that's more exciting. It's more um, creative. 
And so I think that's um, always going to be what I do. And I'm, I'm, I, I think it's cool to live on your toes, you know, kind of like be like, what's next? It's never boring, never a boring day in my life. <laughs> It's very scary right now, Courtney, that a lot of people, you know, in the last two years, and we can talk about that a little bit later, but in the last two years have had to reinvent themselves. And but what you've done is you have, like you said, created opportunities for yourself because you are, in a sense, very creative, but you've also seen a need. Please tell us more. Yeah. And it's really fun because um, I grew up with my dad being an entrepreneur and I remember, I remember being a child and, and trying to figure out how to spell that word, let alone say it. Um, and I remember being like, entrepreneur. And, um, and I always had his, him in as, as an example of um, just kind of using your unique skill set and creating your own job out of it or finding a way to fit into already existing jobs. And so I was always inspired to do that. I was like, I want to go on my own. I want to, you know, I don't want a nine to five. I don't want to sit down desk job. I have way too much energy for that. I can't sit down for long. Um, so I told myself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, some kind of entrepreneur. Let's figure it out. And obviously I've always had a passion for writing, which is why I went to school for journalism and I got my degree in, um, strategic communications is the technical term, but it's basically advertising kind of marketing version of journalism. And, um, I will say too, a, a huge thing to tie in the veganism aspect to it. Um, when I was looking for schools to go to, um, when I was in high school, looking for college uh, opportunities, I was so impressed to find that UNT, University of North Texas, was the only cafeteria that had all vegan options. And I was just like, this is amazing. Because I was already vegetarian. I wanted to go vegan, but of course, my parents didn't want me to go vegan. They were the ones buying the groceries. So I kind of had to do what they said. But I told myself once I got to college, I was going to go vegan. And then I saw that they have an all vegan cafeteria. I'm like, oh, I can do it. I can go. I can go vegan, and my school will help me. And of course, I got a meal plan, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I didn't have to worry about cooking because I was too busy studying and classes and stuff. And I just was able to go to this cafeteria, no cross contamination. Everything's vegan. I felt safe. I felt excited to go on this new journey to make the switch from vegetarian to vegan. And um, that was just such a huge leap. And I'm so thankful for UNT. I still praise them to this day as an alumni. I'm so thankful. So Denton, so that university and the food hall that they have, the vegan food hall was what really helped you then push you to going fully vegan? I don't know where I would be without it. I really don't. That Like it is, I, I thank them all the time. And get this, I'm so thankful to say this. I went recently with one of my clients, Brett from All Y'all's Foods. He lives up in Denton area. And he's like, let's eat at UNT. And I was like, 100%. Yes, let's do it. And so I shared on my social media pages that I was there for the day, dining at UNT's Mean Greens. And guess what? This was the coolest. Like I felt like I was doing a service to my, my school, you know, my, as an alumni or alumnus, they saw my post that I was talking about, like how much I love going back to my roots as a college student and going back um, now as an adult and, you know, career woman. And they asked, they reached out to me and they asked, can we share your story? Can we, can you send us all these photos and like videos? We would love to post it on our UNT page to show how you're an alumni, you're still vegan and you went vegan because of us basically. 
And I was like, this is the most honor. Like it was like they were giving me an award. I felt like that was the coolest thing. And I just like thought, what an honor. So, and they shared it and that was so cool. And I felt like, wow, what a full circle, you know? I'm getting chills just hearing that story. Very inspired. So our listeners by this time will have heard Brett's story because I'm releasing this episode right after Brett. And so we had the opportunity to sample all y'all's um, foods, you know, the snacks. And uh, and so you are the person behind a lot of the marketing um, associated with uh, Brett's work. Back in 2017. It's so cool to look back. Yeah. Any idea how the food hall got started in the first place? I do. And I'm still friends with the guy that is the brains behind it all. His name is Ken Botts. And last I checked, he just moved from from California to Fort Worth. So this was, I haven't talked to him in a few months, um, but I know him and his wife live live up, up in Fort Worth. So this is actually a really cool story. I love telling people this. So Ken Botts comes from a culinary background. I think he got his start um, in LA. He opened up a coffee shop called Frida Frida's, as in like Frida Kylo, and um, it had like vegan options. And obviously now LA, they went vegan. So many people are vegan in LA before Texas was. But um, he came on the board of UNT to help with their culinary program, and he pushed on the board, like we need to have vegan options. And I'm telling you, this was like back in 2010. This was a long time ago. And like when no one was considering vegan stuff, especially in Texas. And so Ken was like, no, you don't understand. The students will want vegan options. We need to start looking at the future and realizing that students are waking up to sustainability and, you know, compassion and just eating better for their, for their future. Um, and so he was definitely like a future seer. It was amazing. And he got so much pushback from the board because they just didn't see it. They were like, no way, like this isn't, this doesn't make sense. Students won't want this. And he finally convinced them after pushing and pushing and they said, okay, fine, let's, let's try it. It was kind of like an experiment. And, um, I love that he was able to not only get vegan options, but he got vegan hundred percent cafeteria. Like that is so forward thinking and so amazing that he worked so hard to make that happen because they really didn't want to do it. And um, so they did it. And not only um, was it the highest ranking food hall for for students to go to vegan or not, like I even as a student, I brought a lot of my non vegan, you know, classmates, and they were all impressed. Um, but it is to this day, highly accredited in the whole, you know, US. Um, it's one of the top visited cafeterias and um it is seen as a pioneer for other uh colleges in america they have established themselves as sort of like role models in terms of how to do it the right way and how to make it sustainable because they're still doing it after all these years and for anyone who's either in dallas or looking to travel to dallas which didn't is not in dallas is very far from dallas i will say that but um it, the food is actually amazing. Like it's not your standard cafeteria food. That's just kind of like so-so. It is actually phenomenal. And the coolest part is they have different food every single day and they have specials for like holidays and, uh, you know, cultural days. So when you go, you are getting a true culinary experience. It is not plain Jane or, you know, whatever, like you are craving it once you leave and you're like stuffed. Cause not only do they have um, like hot food, they have a full ice cream bar. They have soft serve vegan ice cream. They have a whole salad bar, but like 
fancy salad stuff, not like, oh, it's vegan salad. No, they have a panini press bar where you can get customized paninis, which they'll call your name when it's ready. They have a full dessert bar, pizza, macaroni, pasta. Like, I'm not kidding when I say, like, there's a part of me that's like, I wish I were still a student. (laughs) I could go every day. I used to go every day. I was spoiled. I wish you were closer to me because I would visit at least once a week. So let's continue with your story. So here you are, because what you've done is like you married your love for veganism and your love for journalism, marketing, branding, and all of that. And you created um, your company. Um, So tell us more of how that came about. That is a cool story because um, going back to my college days. And I love my dad, but he did kind of test me a little bit. It was one of those situations where it's like, okay, I want you to doubt me so I can work harder. You know, my degree is in strategic communications, which is journalism, but I have a minor in marketing. So, you know, it all ties in together. But um, he was like, don't get a degree in journalism because it's a dying culture. It's a dying industry. And I was like, no, like I felt it in my bones. I'm like, I have to do this. I love writing. I know that there's a future in it. Um, and even though it's, it may not be like print newspapers, it, there's still going to be something. And um, guess what happened? The boom of social media happened. I graduated in 2014. So like people were kind of on Instagram. It was like mostly about food pics and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Twitter is a great place for news. Facebook obviously was on the rise of sharing more news stories. Like 2014 was like one of those weird times where it's like everything was still growing and kind of in its like toddler phase. Um, I don't want to say infancy. It was still, it was definitely a thing. It was established, but it was definitely in a toddler phase. Like what is going to happen from this? And then, you know, Snapchat kind of blew up a little bit and this was before TikTok. Like it was so crazy. So I was just like, you know what, something's going to happen with this. And I got really lucky that social media totally blew up. And so me having a presence on social media and also just loving taking pictures and sharing stuff myself personally, not necessarily as a business, I started to go to local businesses in Denton um, as a student. Like there was a coffee shop that I went to um, as a student. I would study at it a lot. And I, I reached out to the owner and I said, hey, I noticed you guys don't really share much on your social media. Do you um, have anyone that runs it? And he goes, oh, no, I don't have time for that. And I don't understand it. I was like, well, hey, how about this? How about you pay me a certain amount of money a month and I'll run your page. I'll take the photos. I'll share about your live music events. I'll share about your specials that you guys do. And I'll create the content. Like I'll take photos. I'll do graphic design, whatever. And he was like, sounds great. And I'm like, cool. I just got my first social media job. (laughs) And I, again, like he was like, I don't know anything about social media. And that was my first like foot in the door of like, let me try out this um, management kind of side of social media instead of just being someone who randomly posts, like, what if I represented brands? And that was really cool. So it was a cute little coffee shop. Um, that was my start. And then obviously, I graduated. Um, and I focused on getting into more of the journalism world. Um, so I kind of was still doing social media, but not really as a profession, just kind of as uh, for fun and learning more about it. And then I got my job at Dean Magazine. Um, so that was a dream come true. I grew up reading the magazine for those that don't know, it's like a Dallas cultural lifestyle magazine where they talk about, you know, events and, um, fashion and, you know, nightlife, whatever this bunch of things it's been around since like the seventies. Um, but it's, it's obviously was a great opportunity. I did an internship there and then they hired me, um, out of the internship to be a full staff. And that was really amazing that, 
catapulted. I have to just say, even though it wasn't really vegan specific business that I was doing, that catapulted my career. Um, and I'm so thankful for it because my whole job was basically networking. So I met so many people because I was, thank God, I mean, no offense to people that are living in the pandemic now, like obviously we all are, but I'm so glad that was before the pandemic because I was out breakfast, lunch, happy hour, dinner events, you name it. I was out shaking hands, greeting people, meeting people every single day, multiple times a day. And it was very much a face-to-face business that I was in. And um, I still, to this day, that was, you know, seven years ago, six years ago, to this day, I still have contacts that come out of the woodwork. Like, hey, we met because of D Magazine. Can I hire you for my new social media thing? Like, I still get contacts looking to hire me from that job that I did seven years ago. You just never know, you know? And so... Um, there's no doubt in the world that that was a huge, um, step in the direction that I wanted to go in, even though I was working for someone else. Technically, um, I did build that job myself because, um, and I'll never forget this. And so this is not me bragging, but, uh, one of the interns was like, wait, how'd you get a job? I thought they weren't hiring anyone. I was like, they're not hiring anyone. I just kind of created my job. Like I basically convinced the magazine to hire me. Um, cause I told them, you know, I was very different. Um, I could help them sell ads. I could help them write content. And I actually helped them launch, um, not only helped them, I raised the money for them to start a new magazine called Dallas Innovates, which is still around. You can Google it, dallasinnovates.com. It's a free publication. It's their first online, first free publication. And their whole niche audience is about innovation in Dallas. So like tech innovation or, you know, like creatives in, in Dallas. And so I actually started, and you can look this up too, um, the first vegan chapter of D Magazine called The Vegan Voice. I call it The Vegan Voice, written by me. And I talked about why and how um, it's innovative to be vegan in Dallas. So I interviewed vegan business owners, vegan bodybuilders that are all based here in Dallas. And I talked about, you know, how they do it, why they do it, you know, and just kind of talk about what do they see for Dallas? Why do they choose to live in Dallas to do their vegan outreach, whatever it is? And that was really special um, to do that. I basically pitched that idea afterwards. After I got hired, I was like, hey, my passion is to be vegan and, you know, being a vegan person in Dallas. And I would love to start this chapter. And so they said yes, even though it was not, you know, part of my job. I was just like, I'll do it extra because I want to. And they were like, great. And so I worked there for two years and that was such a, a such a cool job. Um, still, still look back on how cool that was. Um, and then, um, got a job at legacy food hall, which, um, the connection there is my dad is one of the original investors. He was basically, I don't know how to explain his job, but he was basically like a kind of founder, um, like head of, um, management, if you will. And so he hired me to be the, uh, marketing slash events planner. And so I did that for about a year and a half, two years. And that was, again, a really huge opportunity because no one on the team wanted to do the interviews for, um, you know, news features. And so they're like, Courtney, you do it. I'm like, okay, I am not shy at all. (laughs) And so I was on NBC, CBS. I mean, you name it. I was on all the news spots being interviewed live on camera, being interviewed for our, our huge events or our grand opening. And it was amazing. I, I, again, I got so many networking opportunities out of that. 
Um, and again, it wasn't in line with exactly what I wanted to do because I wanted to do something that was fully vegan. And, um, but I'm still thankful for it. And it's funny because I just spoke to um, two classes at TCU a couple weeks ago. And I told the students, you might not get the job that's a, that checks all your boxes at first, but you have to appreciate what it does for you to get you to that point. Because I look back on my Legacy Hall days and my D Magazine days, and I'm like, yeah, it wasn't 100% check, check, check. But if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be where I was today. I wouldn't yeah. have this contact and that contact and this experience. So I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. This was, that was like in the stars. It was meant to be. And so I look back on those two, um, jobs and like, man, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of hours and exhaustion. I still wonder how I did it, honestly. Uh, pure drive, I think. But, um, yeah, I'm so thankful for it because now, um, in 2018 is when I made the the really hard decision to go on my own, to start my own LLC, start my own business. I was like, man, I've always wanted to work for myself. Now's the time. Now's the time. I had enough money saved up. I had enough experience. I thought, you know, at the time, and it looks like it was a good time. And so started Sprinkles Creative. Um, And I'm so thankful because um, I already had Brett as a client um, because he actually can't, I came hired me before I left Legacy Hall. So I already had him I was working with. I already had a couple restaurants that I was working with kind of on the side, if that makes sense. Like I had a full-time job, but I also on nights and weekends, I would do social media management because I'm insane. <laughs> oh um, my goodness. Yes. I don't know how you did it. I really but... don't know. I don't oh. know. I look back and I'm like, maybe that's why I'm tired all the time now because I never really slept back then. Um, but yeah, I look back and I'm like, I have no clue. And mind you also, I was getting up at 5am every morning and working out. I don't know how I did that. I'm not a morning person. Like to this day, I hate getting up in the mornings. So I'm like, how did I, I think I was just like on this constant, like, gotta do it, gotta go. It sounds like also like you were building momentum when you're on that wonderful high of I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm, I know I'm like very focused in what I, where I want to go, what I want to do with my life. And not too many people, and maybe I should say college students come out of college with the degree that they actually want to use. Like my event planning job, because my, my official title at Legacy Hall was event planner. And it was funny because I was like, I'm not an event. Like, I don't, that's not what I wanted to do with my life. But then I was like, I'm really glad I did that though, because now I plan awesome events. Like um, I have clients that, I mean, aside from the pandemic, I have clients that, um, hire us to plan events and they are really great because I have that experience. I'm able to know like who to reach out to, who to contact for a band or decorations, whatever, because I had that huge experience working at Legacy Hall, which was a massive event space. So I'm like, I'm really glad I did that because marketing and events do go hand in hand, especially when you're launching a new product or a new, you know, brand. It's so important to have great events. So it's like, now I can do that. So it's like, you just never know what life throws at you and how you can use that for your future. But I did want to say I googled, I was very interested in the type of person or just like the situation. Like I'm, I, I also uh, studied anthropology in college. So I'm, I'm always really fascinated in like the study of humans, just like people and how they work and think and just, you know, cultural and societal things. And so I was very curious. I was like, what does it mean when a person does better when they're really busy, as opposed to has more time to rest. And so I looked it up. And there is studies show 
that certain people, obviously not everyone thrives on the same kind of wavelength, but certain people work better when they have no distractions or no time. I should say no time to be distracted because they're like, they have like horse blinders on. They're like, all I can think about is getting my tasks done. And here's what's really fun. I've, I've been this way my whole life. I'm better. I'm more successful when I have a full plate of things going on. Like for example, my best uh, semester in college, I got a 4.0 GPA and I had a full-time um, schedule, like 16 hours uh, on my uh, roster for that semester. And every night I worked um, as a, cause I, I waited tables through college. That's how I paid my way. And uh, I, I, every night I was waiting tables every weekend, every night, um, but I got 4.0. I also was the president of my ad club, which was, there was an advertising club at UNT where we like, um, worked with local businesses to do their ads and kind of like social media management. I was a president of that. Um, and I also, uh, did some extracurricular kind of stuff on UNT's campus. And I'm like, how, looking back, I'm like, how did I get 4.0 in all my classes. And I had so much going on, like work, school, life, all the things. Um, I had a boyfriend, like all these things. I'm like, how did I do that? But it's also because certain people thrive on just being busy. And I think that's one that's me. <laughs> I agree. Busy and creative. I think that creativity really gives you a lot of energy. So your D Magazine experience, did that then prepare you for Veg World Magazine? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I met the owners of Edge World when I was working at D Magazine, actually. I met, and get this, it, they were actually eating at Spiral Diner. And I recognized them because I've never met them um, before that, but I saw a picture of them, you know, somewhere on social media, or I think maybe on the magazine itself. And um, so I just walked up to their table because you must know by now, I am an extrovert through and through. I have no problem talking to strangers. I have no problem talking to crowds. Um, I love people. And so I walked up to their table and I was like, hey, you don't know me, but I'm a huge fan of Veg World and just, you know, everything you've done for Marshall, Texas, because they have a really cool story. If you get a chance to look them up, they basically started a festival called um, Health Fest. And it's, it's no longer going on just because of the pandemic. And also they had some issues with their event space it's, it was under construction for a long time. Anyway, it's a whole other story. But anyway, they did a lot of cool stuff for, um, their community in Marshall, Texas, and also, um, taking over veg world and doing a lot with that. And so I basically said, I'm a vegan journalist. I have a degree, you know, I work at D Magazine currently, and I'm looking for more vegan specific work. So if you guys have any, um, you know, opportunities for me to contribute some articles, I would love to do that. Or if you have any opportunities for me to just like consult, I mean, maybe I could do some like marketing stuff, because I'm also, um, you know, have experience with that. And so they took me up on it. They basically were like, you know what? We would love for you to come to um, vegan events that we host, but also go to vegan events that we can't go to. So they sent me to, um, where did I go? Miami, LA, New York, um, all these cool vegan festivals that they couldn't go to. So they just flew me out there. Like they, they were like, please not only write about these events, but like pass out your card, talk about us. Um, write about your experience or make, make, uh, connections for potential advertisers, you know? So I was kind of like a multi, you know, hat where, um, so I did, I got them more advertising sponsors. I got them, you know, obviously great content because I was running their social media. I was writing articles. I was doing their ads. I just, and I loved it though. Cause I was like 
sure, sign me up. It's all vegan. Yes, of course. Like I'm in. And, um, so I was able to use my skills in both regards, you know, my passion for veganism and also my experience with, um, writing and advertising and marketing. And, um, I loved it. I, I, I've, I remember being, I think I was 22 at the time, 23, something like that. I remember being just like fully alive. Like I felt like, wow, talk about a dream come true. I'm doing everything I want to do. Um, and I still had my full-time job at D magazine. So I was doing both on the weekends. I went to like New York or Miami and then I came back on Sunday night, Monday, I go to work at D magazine. So it's just like, Again, I don't know how I did it, <laughs> but I was like, I have to do this. This is my life. So it is, yeah. it's, it's very important to me. And that's what I tell people too. I'm like, I, I, not to be cliche, but you know, that song like by Eminem, um, you only get one shot Did not miss your chance to blow because it's true. <laughs> you just never know. I've always been a yes man, like that movie with Jim Carrey. Um, I don't know how to say no. I love opportunities. I always feel like who knows if this is going to come again. It might not ever. So let's just do it now. I, 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 for the longest time I joked, I was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah. So in terms of like, I'm, I'm trying to see the parallels in our lives and, or at least where I was when I met you. Um, so I'm going to throw this in out there, but I, came to veganism in 2016. And it's funny that, um, you know, we were, I've heard you talk about how, you know, it's easier to be vegan if you're in California or some of the other states where um, more people are eating cleaner foods and all of that. But I lived in California and I was more of a vegetarian, pescatarian. But it's interesting that I came to veganism here in Dallas <laughs> out of all the places and that I brought my husband into this world because he is a Dallasite as well. It took us a while to even get involved because we were just taking it all in and learning. And then I learned about a couple in Oklahoma City. I, I don't know if you know them. OKC, plant-based OKC. I don't. Um, they retired from what they're doing, but they were the ones that started doing the uh, giving. He's a surgeon. So he would give a lecture and she would teach food demos and I remember meeting Randy Tatoni uh, from Eating You Alive, the documentary. So cool. Through business, through the work that my husband was doing with with um, his patients needing prosthetics. That's, Courtney, this is how the world works. It's right? amazing. When, when veganism is calling you, it's it's it places many hints along the way. And he was the one that said, oh, you're, you're vegan? I'm a vegan too. We were having a business dinner with the staff and he said, you got to go to Oklahoma City and meet, meet this couple. You got to see what they've been doing for five years. Every month they give a lecture. And that's sort of how we got started with lectures in Dallas was through them kind of as role models. It was then that I realized, oh my God, there are other vegans in Dallas that I didn't know about. That's how kind of how I met you, how I started meeting, you know, nature's plate. Yeah. So, um, and I say all of that to say that I'd love for you to share with us what life has been like for you since you came on board and what you've been seeing. What has it been like for you? It's definitely funny um, to see the, how new vegans approach veganism, because I remember when I was making the transition Especially after I left college, you know, I never, I know this is hilarious. Everyone's like, seriously, I never cooked. Like I never, so I I will say too, my dad um, raised me in the restaurant industry. So I was, we were always eating out like my whole life. Like I've always just gone to a restaurant, ate out. Like we don't, my my mom and my grandma kind of did some cooking, but honestly, we love just eating out at restaurants, very little at home cooking. And that's why I joke and people, people message me to this day on my, my social media and they're like, 
do you ever eat at home? I'm like, no, not really. I've never my whole life. Um, uh, but not to say I don't like cooking. I just, you know, I like restaurants. Um, and so it's interesting to see how people now as in Dallas, particularly go to veganism through like junk food. That's not how I got into veganism and no hate obviously on junk food vegans. I partake here and there too, but I, my first, you know, kind of like, okay, I'm going to eat vegan was like literally raw veggies and hummus. Like I was like, this is how, what I know is vegan. <laughs> and I was like that I don't have to cook. I'll just eat veggies yeah. and hummus. And I was like, I'm good. I'm safe. This is vegan yeah. Yeah. and fruit. I just ate like a lot of fruit and yeah raw carrots and celery and all stuff. We're ethical vegans. So you and I, we care about the planet and we care about the animals. And we also see why it's so important to have these vegan options. And when we travel and, and we just need something to eat, I'm so glad we have all these options. And I'm so glad that people who are not vegan are having access to vegan burgers and other things that are helping our animals not suffer. And I know that you support these organizations as well, because we know this. And at the same time, I live every day with a physician who is constantly treating very advanced diseases. And it's that, you know how you have that drive in you? That's something that keeps you going. It, I live with that every day of patients suffering. So a, a lot of times with my listeners, I always want to, you know, encourage to eat healthier plant-based foods. But we know as vegans, I don't feel like I have to defend it. But as vegans, we know that these other options serve a purpose. Anyway, so I just kind of wanted to add that because I'm glad that you're saying that uh, how people come today to veganism, it may be more processed foods. We jokingly sometimes say that it's the standard American diet veganized. It's so strange because um, to this day, you know, we're in 2022 and I went vegan like full force. I started posting about my veganism more so in like 2015 is when I went like hardcore, like shutting it from the rooftops, even though I went vegan really in 2012. But um, anyway, I am so surprised that when I post on my personal Instagram and like social media platforms, I feel like nobody cares when I'm talking about healthy options. Like I, I represent Daily Harvest, for example, and I love Daily Harvest because they're super fast and easy to make, which as you can tell, I'm very busy. So if I can have a healthy meal in like five minutes, yes, I'm going to do that one. Um, but there's no process. It's all organic. It's all vegan. Uh, no added anything like low sugar, low oil, all the things. Amazing. I feel great after I eat it. But when I post about it, no one seems to care. Like, I mean, I don't want to say no one. I just think it's interesting that I get more attraction towards my like, look at me eating a vegan milkshake and a vegan pizza. More people are excited about that content <laughs> than they are my healthy content. And I'm like, guys, but it's still delicious. It's still vegan. And they're like, yeah, yeah, healthy, healthy. We don't care. And I'm like, right. why is this a, a trend? Like it's it's constantly every week I post about, you know, my healthy options and my fun foodie uh, travels. But everyone seems to care more about the fun foodie travels than like what I eat at home. I agree. Uh, definitely, because it's more appetizing. It's more I mean, that's how the the huge companies work, right? That's what they do is they, they as we know, we eat with our eyes. So we see the photographs of, of certain foods at the airports in the magazines, everywhere we go, we're bombarded. So we're going to be drawn to that. I think probably people choose the healthier foods once there's a reason to once the disease, <laughs> the consequences of a lifestyle has hit us. And then we're like, damn, I have to stop eating the stuff. People ask me like, 
like, how do you eat all these crazy foods and you stay so fit? I was like, well, first of all, I, it's because that's not what I eat every day. And second of all, I, you know, exercise often. I love exercise, um, not, not to be thin, but just for endorphins and all the things. Um, but also I eat very clean at home. Like I don't eat with oil. I eat whole foods, plant-based at home. Um, very, you know, you know, fruits and veggie heavy. And when I eat out, that's when I go crazy. That's when I have fun, but that's not every day, you know? And so I think it's so interesting to tell people, like, if you really want to have a nice balance, then you have to stock your fridge with healthy options so that when you are at home, you have great things to reach for. Um, But I just think it's really interesting that people love to ask all these questions, but not actually putting into practice. And I'm not calling anyone out, but I just think it's so interesting. But to answer your question, I do want to say that when I went vegan, you know, and was really in the scene back in like 2015, my options at restaurants were usually salads. Let's be honest. It was like salads, maybe some hummus and pita with some veggies. And I was fine with that. Honestly, I was like, this is great because I had a very busy schedule and I needed food that made me thrive instead of made me feel sluggish. But now more vegan options slash vegan restaurants, it's all fried. I hate fried food. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I don't like fried food. I don't like fried anything. And I don't like, I don't like burgers either. I don't like stuff like that. And people are like, really? You're a foodie. You don't like that stuff. And I'm like, no, here's what's actually funny. When I was a kid, my mom and my grandma would try to get me like fried chicken, for example. I kid you not, I would peel off the fried part and just eat the chicken. I know as a vegan, that sounds gross, but like, I've never liked fried foods. And that's just me. That's just my, you know, palate. And so when I see all these like new vegans come on the scene and they're like, look at this fried oyster mushroom, this fried vegan chicken. I'm like, gross. I mean, no offense. I'm just like, I don't want to eat that. Yeah. So my first year of being vegan, I was eating a bunch of processed foods. Everything came from a box or a bag or something like that, because I thought, whoa, this is easy. I'm not hurting animals. And then a year into it, I said to my husband, I don't think I'm being very healthy. I, I think I'm doing this the wrong way. And then that's when I started learning about like Plan Pure Nation, Plan Pure Communities and got involved with that because they offered a lot of tools on how to eat. And then I started losing the weight. But I was also I like. Um, I can't do a lot of fried foods because I break out like that's every, you know, some people gain weight, some people, their cholesterol goes up. I break out. I can't have like a lot of fried foods, but it is interesting. I gained weight the first time, the first year. And that's why when I do give health tips on the, on the podcast, it's, I just want to remind people that processed food is still processed food, no matter what it's made out of. And, um, and then, so that's the whole goal is that they, these foods still have additives. And I don't even remember eating as much processed food when I wasn't vegan. (laughs) And I definitely understand that. Obviously, I think that's great. Um, Because yeah, you're still not hurting animals. You're still doing great as far as that. But I think it's funny that in 2020, when we really went into lockdown, um, John Francis and I, my husband, um, we were the healthiest we've ever been because we weren't (laughs) eating out at all because we literally couldn't. We were cooking at home every single day. And we were so healthy. Like we felt like the best we've ever felt because we didn't have any opportunity to eat, you know, the oily stuff they make in commercial kitchens or whatever, which again, I love supporting restaurants. I'm not saying I never will. I still do. But it's just like, wow, look at our skin. Look at our, we feel so great. I mean, John Francis and I, I will say everyone's bodies are different, but um, we both have really high metabolism. So weight gain has never been an issue for us. If anything, like 
we would love to gain more weight. <laughs> but um, I, it was never veganism for me because I know everybody comes to it for a different reason. But I never cared about the health aspects. To me, that was like a cherry on top. I just wanted to save animals. But now I'm definitely, I've done the research. I've talked to people like you and Riz and just just doing so much um, deeper dive into like why veganism is so great for every reason. And yeah, I mean, the health benefits, great. I've always struggled with acne, for example. And like when I went vegan, my skin 100% cleared up. That was so cool for me. Um, I never really cared about the, you know, like um, losing weight aspect, but it is, you definitely feel a difference when you don't eat processed foods. Like I mostly just don't like fried foods for the texture, but also if I do eat fried foods, like a, a bite or two, then I just feel kind of heavy and gross. It's it's not about weight to me. It's just about feeling. And it's just like, right. I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> so let's learn a little bit more about you because there's just so much that you've done. And I'd lo- I would love our listeners to know about what you're doing today. What And, and first, let's go back to the pandemic because you're a newlywed. Congratulations. You got married. Yes. Yeah. I, we got engaged right before the pandemic in Ireland, actually, which by the way, I want to say, if anyone has an opportunity to go to Ireland, very vegan friendly. Like we were blown away. We were there for 16 days. So like a little over two weeks, we rented a car and we ate the most amazing vegan food. And might I say, they not only are vegan for, you know, animals and ethics, but they, I mean, as you probably guess, Ireland is very green, but not just green, the color, but like sustainability. They are zero waste. Most restaurants we went to had no, like no plastic wear no to-go yeah. boxes. Some of them like wrapped it in like a banana leaf. It was the coolest thing. Um, very, very, um, you know, the land, their land is so important to them. So taking care of it means everything. And I'm like, wow, they are eons, uh, like ahead of America in that way. So I, we had a great time. We actually wrote an article. My husband wrote a, how to be vegan in Ireland, uh, for veg world. And it was so cool because like we met some of the coolest vegan business owners out there. And might I say, our five-year plan is to move to Ireland. So hopefully, you know, that happens in the next couple of years um, Mm. because we just fell in love with it. Um, But also, it was really cool when I would tell them, like, obviously, we were there to write an article about VegWorld, but um, I told them what I did for a living, which is vegan social media management. And they were like, we need you out here. We need someone to help us with our social media because they loved all the photos we took and all the captions we wrote and stuff. And they were like, man, we do not have time for management. And also, we just love your work. So hopefully that's, I'm putting it out there. I'm manifesting it. That's what we'd love to do is move to Ireland. Now is your husband, was he born in Ireland? So he's third generation Irish. Um, so he was not born in Ireland. He was actually born in New York, which I don't know if you know the history, but a lot of Irish people came to New York when they uh, migrated here. Um, back in, oh, I forgot the exact time, but you, if you look, look up the time, he, he's, he can speak to the history more than I can, but, um, his, Mom, his dad and mom are both uh, full Irish, so he's third generation Irish, and um, they didn't grow up speaking it. But definitely, his parent, his dad's, his mom's parents, um, their grandparents are the ones that came from Ireland. Um, so he actually um, is teaching himself Ir- Irish now, and I'm learning Irish, which is Gaelic is the is the term, and it's a beautiful language, very hard, but it's it's amazing. And so, um, yeah, very vegan friendly. So we got engaged on Halloween in 2019. So I'm really glad we took that trip before the pandemic. Obviously, none of us knew it was coming then, but like, I'm glad we did that. 
Um, and then uh, we were planning on getting married in 2020, but obviously that didn't happen because we wanted to have a big wedding. We didn't feel it was safe to do so. So we waited a year. Um, but we got married, um, 2021 on Halloween, which is a very important day for us because that's when we got engaged. Plus I like to tell people this, um, Halloween is not an American commercialized holiday. A lot of people think like, Oh, the candy company started it. No, it's an Irish holiday. Like Halloween started in Ireland. It's an ancient Celtic, um, holiday. And, um, it is basically not only for like the, you know, kind of ghost spooky stuff, but it also represents, you know, the changing of the seasons going from Samhain to, you know, more of the, the winter time, if you will. Um, so it's obviously like a fall celebration, but it also does have a thinning of the veil from the living to the dead. So it's not meant to be creepy. It's supposed to be spiritual and beautiful. And so we love that we got to celebrate on that day. Yeah. And our wedding yeah. was hundred percent vegan, by the way. Beautiful. And who catered it? Because I did see a little bit on uh, social media. TLC, um, which stands for Taste Like Chicken. It's an all-vegan yes. uh, ghost kitchen in Dallas by Troy Gardner. Um, the former, he formerly owned V Eats. He was the head chef there and the owner of V Eats. Same guy. Did V Eats shut down? Oh, yeah. There's a really Ugh. dark story behind that that has to do oh with God. racism, which is really sad. I, I didn't want to be super dark, but that's the truth. Um, yeah. So V Eats closed not because they wanted to, but because they were kicked out. But they weren't the only ones kicked out um, from Trinity Groves. Uh, all of the people of color um, at Trinity Groves were kicked out. The owner wanted to um, basically cannibalize all the concepts and turn it into his own concepts. He's the same owner as uh, Magianos. And I don't care talking about this. Um, he's actually yeah, yeah. not, he's not a good person. Um, so, and I, I hate, I, I don't like negativity because I'm a very positive person, but um, my dad has worked with him. I've worked with him. Um, my clients have worked with him. He's not a good person. So I just, I like to, as a journalist, I feel like it's my job to tell the stories of like good people and bad people and how to stay away from them. Um, yeah. But um, he, yeah, he's an older dude. I think he's almost 90 years old. Maybe he's 80. I don't know. 70 or 80, some, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, he's been in the, the restaurant industry for a while and he just really mistreated Troy and mistreated a lot of other people of color restaurant businesses within that Trinity Groves area. And if you go Google it now, they're all gone. They're all kicked out. There was a Chinese oh, restaurant owned by a Chinese woman. I remember. There was yeah, a Lebanese well. restaurant owned by a, a Leban Lebanese man. He's He's gone. All of the restaurants that are there now, no offense, but they're all white people. They're there's oh no people of color. It's very oh. sad. Um, I don't understand why he would do yeah. that. This is not pandemic related. It was right before the pandemic hit. It was about January, February of 2020. And then obviously the pandemic hit and they all closed down because of that. But like, very sad. So Troy's doing great though. He basically has the exact same menu as the Eats, but legally he had to change the name of all the menu dishes because they owned the eats name that's why a lot of people here's the worst part marketing wise they never said that troy left they were trying to act like he was still there um oh so God. they basically took his name the eats and took all the recipes and tried to make it um and also he had a bunch of equipment still in there that they wouldn't let him get even though he bought it but they said legally it's their space so he had to start this new like ghost kitchen. And I mean, the ghost kitchen's thriving. They're, they're doing great. It worked out because, you know, ghost kitchens were really popular, especially for the pandemic stages, because it was just like pick up and to go. 
Um, but no, I mean, I'm just, it's very sad for the longest time. I couldn't say anything about it and now I can. So I'm trying to get out the word as much as possible because people are like, Oh, have you been to the eats? I'm like, don't sell, don't even try to buy their food anymore. Cause it's not Troy. It's not, you know, it's not real. And also they didn't get Troy's exact recipes. Thank goodness. So I went to try the food to see how it was terrible. I mean, it's just like, okay. It's, I don't want to say terrible. It's just not, it's lackluster. It's just really boring food. It's not nearly what it used to be, obviously. Because the food, the food is made, is being made by non-vegans is what you're saying. Bingo. Here's the worst part. They weren't making the food out of the eats. They're making it out of Babs barbecue. So you had to go into a barbecue restaurant to pick up your vegan food and it reeked of rotting flesh. I'm not even joking with you. The The marketing girl was like, so what do you think? And I told her my truth, my real thoughts. I was like, hey, so as a vegan, I don't like to go into a place that's reeks of meat. And she goes, oh, we got that, we got that same feedback from other vegans. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. No vegan wants to go into a barbecue restaurant where everything reeks of rotting flesh. That's literally our, our exact opposite of our ethics. Like, what? <laughs> Why would exactly. we ever support that? And so I, they, I, I don't know if they closed down or what they did. They tried to move from the barbecue place to a place called Avocado Eatery, um, which was like an avocado-focused restaurant that's also in Trinity Groves, which... I honestly don't know what's going on in that area anymore because I just stopped supporting them. Um, And um, it's mostly about drinks too. And I actually don't drink alcohol. I never have. Um, So it's like mostly like a bar kind of scene. And I'm just, that's not my lifestyle. So um, I don't know how they're doing, but anyone who asks or is like, oh, have you been to the Eats? The Eats is no longer a thing. It's not owned by a vegan person. It's It was taken from a vegan person. His name, his recipes, his whole concept was stolen. It's pretty much. And they still haven't really shared that. I, st- I think they're still trying to ride off of his fame um, oh. in the vegan world. That's the worst part. It's like they, they know what they did was bad, but they're not willing to say it. Um, okay. And I think it's just really, it's just really, it's really twisted. And it makes me really, really sad that that had to happen that way. But Troy is a talented vegan chef. He's been making vegan food since the 80s. Um, he's, I mean, lots of part that people don't know. I mean, he's very experienced in like vegetarian slash vegan food because before V Eats, he had a place called Samson Hot Dogs and he would make vegan hot dogs and like chili and like Frito pies and like really mac and cheese, right. like really cool stuff. So um, I love to tell oh, people yeah. that. I'm glad that you told me that he's behind TLC because, and when you say a ghost restaurant is basically, they probably cook out of a kitchen. Commercial kitchen, like rented space. And they have that every single day, but you just can't come and sit down. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little disconnected when it comes to the restaurant scene. That's my whole MO, but no. Yeah. So long story short, sorry to take you around the ringer on that one, but Yes. Yeah, so he catered my wedding. Um, and we had a, and it wasn't, so what's cool, obviously with, with catering situations, we didn't do their exact menu. We kind of customized our, our menu. And I love to tell people this because Troy not only is vegan, but he is so creative. Um, so my husband and I have different, I guess, flavor passions. <laughs> so I love Mexican food and he loves Asian food. So we're basically like, Troy, how can we have a Mexican Asian fusion? <laughs> And he was like, I got this. And so we had a vegan nacho bar, 100% like build your own nacho. So Troy makes his own chips. You guys, if you're in Dallas and you haven't tried Troy's nachos, go. Because 
it's very rare to find a restaurant that makes their own chips. His seasoning, it's like paprika and cumin. It's like the most amazing seasoning on chips that I've ever had in my life. And so he made the chips. We got queso um, from Credo because they're my favorite queso. You can get them at Whole Foods. I like them because they're oil-free. They're oil-free, whole foods, plant-based. They're my favorite queso because you can eat the whole thing without feeling sick. The whole container is 250 calories, guys. I've never seen a queso that melts like it does or like, you know, like is creamy like that without added oil. Like I've never felt sick on it because there's literally added nothing. No added sugars, no added oil, no added um, like preservatives. It's insane how clean it is. Um, and so we got their queso for the nachos and we have, you know, like pickled jalapenos and pico de gallo and salsa and all these things. And then for our Asian fusion, we had, uh, crispy rice wonton taco shells with, um, oyster mushroom. And these are fried, but they're fried with chickpea flour. So they're gluten-free oyster mushrooms with, a, a chickpea salad, like a, like a curry chickpea salad. So it was like whole chickpeas um, with like a curry spice on them and like a um, bunch of, uh, I think he put like papaya in there to make it more like, kind of like a fruity uh, curry kind of blend. And it was so, I mean, we had so many non-vegans at our wedding and they were all like, can I have seconds? Can I have more? And I'm like, yeah, please. This is amazing. So we oh. had such a cool wedding experience. It was everything we wanted and more. It was great. Ah, uh, well, congratulations on that. And um, how are you enjoying married life? I guess that might be a difficult question to answer since you've been with your your significant other anyway. I mean, we just celebrated three years as a couple. And we got in, in August, we celebrated three years. So it's been, I guess, three and a half years we've been together. And, um, no, it's amazing. I mean, I wouldn't, I already felt like I was married to him. Honestly, we joke and tell people this, we're like, without being really sappy, we kind of felt like we were married, like pretty much the first week we were together. We knew we, it was one of those things where it's, it's like so cheesy, vegan cheesy, of course, but it's so (laughs) cheesy that we're like, you're my person. Like, this is it. That, that saying that like really romantic saying, when you know, you know, It's so true. You just know, like something in your whole body is like, oh my God, I'm in love with this person. Like he, John Francis told me like the, after our first date, he was like, I, I'm going to marry this girl. I just know. And he, and same with me. I was like, you're the guy I'm going to marry. And here we are. And I love to tell people this too. I did not make him go vegan. He was already vegan before we met. And so was I. So it was like, and get this, not only were we only, we were already vegan, but neither of us drink. So neither of us like alcohols. So we had an alcohol-free wedding too. It was all vegan, alcohol-free. And um, so I didn't have to worry about that. He never did. I'm not into drugs. I don't like anything that has to do with drugs or smoking. So he didn't do that either. So we just kept on saying like, wow, we really are soulmates. Like we have so much in common and we're both into fitness. He's actually teaching me um, Kung Fu right now. Um, he's been doing Kung Fu for, uh, 10 years. And, um, so we're both, we both run together. We both bike together. We both do Kung Fu and yoga every morning together. We both lift weights. Um, so it's really cool to find someone, especially, you know, in the vegan space that's into, into all the extra stuff. Cause as we all know, veganism is a lifestyle. It's not just about food. It's about, you know, keeping, mentally healthy, uh, keeping physically healthy, keeping our endorphins up. And I think it's just really cool to share that, especially to my fellow vegan girls out there, they do exist. The men do exist. 
they are vegan already and they, they love the lifestyle and, you know, they are passionate about animals. And so I love to share that it's a real thing. It's not just like a unicorn. I can't imagine being with a non-vegan right now. Like the way I am today, who I am, no way. I'm sorry. And I feel bad because many people are in that situation. But to each their own, if if you love them, then you will find a way. But yeah, no, same. I'm like, and we, me and John Francis talk about that all the time. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're vegan. And you are, because he went vegan for animals too. It was not health for, I mean, obviously we found health benefits afterwards, but um yeah, we love we love being vegan for the animals and for health. I mean, all the things That's and right. sustainability. <laughs> That's right. So now, how did Sprinkles Creative do during this pandemic? What are you working on next? Because uh, you have so much going on. I love that we were already, and I, I seriously count my blessings with this. We were already positioned to be a pretty much digital company in the beginning. You know, so we didn't have to really be scared about our physical appearance since we are all in lockdown, right? Um, but obviously, we did lose some clients because they were restaurants and they had to close down. It was very sad. Um, so um, we had we because we have clients in Austin, in Dallas, obviously, with uh, we work with companies in San Antonio, Houston, um, and outside of Texas as well. And some of them obviously went through a hard time because they were very physical companies. And so they um, had to either do some budget cuts or what what have you and um we the the sad part for the pandemic for our company was that we had a lot of um events planned and obviously we had to cancel all of them um we had a lot of uh traveling like to to get on a plane and go to like you know a different state or country so we had to cancel all of that so that was sad um but we were able to take to you know, YouTube and Zoom Zoom meetings. I did a lot of live conversations like we're doing right now and um, recorded podcasts. Like we basically turned all of our events and in-person stuff into virtual conversations. And so I was so glad to have that opportunity. Obviously, it's never the same, but it was still great that we were still keeping connected. I certainly wasn't going to turn into a recluse, you know, I'm, I'm still going to get out, get out there and have these conversations. And especially having veg world, I was able to still, um, do these awesome, like live sessions or like, you know, group zoom meetings or whatever. And, um, we just took to more, um, digital connecting and it was obviously scary. Everybody was scared to, to say that I wasn't scared would be a lie. Um, but we made the best of it and that's all we could do. And I was very thankful for the rise of social media, right? You know, I was so glad that we had these extra ways to connect with people over niche opportunities like veganism and, you know, compassion or um, eco-friendly ways of living and stuff like that. So we kind of, as the big word of 2020, we pivoted, um, but it was still, it's still beneficial. We're, we were doing all right. And I think that's um, what counts. Obviously, I I wish I would have been able to do all the cool events and traveling that we had planned, but um, we're still going to do it. It's still going to happen once, you know, we can get those opportunities again. Like I still, I have a lot of big things on the horizon for this year. Um, We've taken on some new clients that I just love with all my heart and soul. I'm so honored to be working with these companies. Um, One in particular, I will say, um, that's coming to Dallas. So get excited is a uh, project Pollo. Um, so that's a new vegan, um, chicken rest, like re- restaurant, if you will, 
So they're, I'm sure you've seen Veg News has featured them. They have a really cool mission. Their mission is basically to, to take down Chick-fil-A. Like they want to be the vegan Chick-fil-A. Um, and not only, you'll be happy to hear this, not only are they known for their fried chicken sandwiches, obviously, but they have a lot of healthy options. The owner, get this, the owner and his wife, they're super into whole foods, plant-based eating. Um, so there's a lot of like heart healthy meals. There's a lot of non-fried options. You can actually get the chicken to be grilled, not fried, not breaded. There's a lot of, there's really good like bowls and you can get stuff, uh, as like a wrap with like a spinach wrap. There's, you know, greens and all these things. And they work with Credo, which all of Credo's things are oil-free. So all of their cheese and their ranch, it's all Credo. And so I feel better knowing that too, because Credo really prides themselves on being whole foods plant-based. And I think that's just amazing, especially for such a wide span of uh, locations that Project Pollo has. So they already have eight locations um, throughout Texas. Um, they started in San Antonio. They have four locations in Austin, two locations in Houston, and they're about to open up in Dallas, like I said, in about two weeks. It's going to be a drive through So it's Dallas's first vegan drive through And they're going to have a full bar and live music for the grand opening. Just really huge opportunity. And I'm so glad that I get to be helping with that, you know, helping spread the word um, for Project Pollo, especially because they're going to be such a game changer. I'm really excited for you to try their food, but also just to, to see the future of veganism in this way. You know, like you said earlier, some people just really want to try veganism, but they want to have it in a package form that's like easy for them to grasp, which fried chicken sandwich, easy, you know, especially drive through so easy. And I think that's going to be so amazing for chickens, you know, all around to save more chicken sure. lives, but also just to save so many other animals like dairy, you know, every, I mean, there's the sky's the limit and I'm happy to be uh, behind the scenes. Will you be at the grand opening and where is this located? Greenville Avenue. Um, it's going to be, um, I forgot the cross streets, but I can send you the information. So we're okay. looking at the first week, weekend of March. Um, I forgot the date. I want to say that's the 5th something like that. Um, but yeah, we're looking at that weekend to open, um, to the public. Obviously we're going to be some, doing some like training before then and everything, but, um, the space is really big. Um, so there's going to be lots of opportunity for parking and seating and, you know, drive through, like I said, so that's cool. And there's going to be a kid's men menu too. So like literally every age of the family can come and have this really cool experience. Cause think, just think Chick-fil-A, but vegan, literally it's the right. same like kind of concept. And wow. I think that's just such a game changer for Texas, you know, especially for Dallas. We've yes. never seen anything like this. And I think that's right. like the coolest part. That's awesome. Now, are you still doing your um, coffee with Courtney? You've talked about having a love and a passion for coffee shops. What's uh, going on with that? So really cool. I've had an opportunity to work with, um, as we all know, coffee is like inherently vegan because um, it's just beans from grown from the ground. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I've partnering with two companies in particular, uh, well, actually three companies, um, but one in particular, I'm excited. I'm going to be writing an article for them for Veg World, actually. So um, I recommend looking them up, but they're called Bones Coffee. Uh, I just got my package in today and um, I just signed a uh, contract with them to showcase their uh, coffee. And what's really cool, they have the most fun and unique branding like all their branding is super colorful and like really um like kind of it's like almost like a halloween 
funky vibe. Like all of their, since their name is Bones Coffee, all of their, their, their mascot is a skeleton. And so the skeleton is always doing different things. Like, you know, if it's like, for example, there's one that's called like the, the sweetheart blend. It's like a skeleton with like Cupid wings and he's like, you know, shooting hearts. And there's another one called like the Irish blend. And he's got like a, uh, like a leprechaun hat with a pot of gold. And like, they're all flavored in a really cool way, but it's all vegan. Um, all natural ingredients. Um, nothing involves dairy. Even if the, the flavor looks like it would have dairy in it, there's no dairy. It's all, um, like hundred percent vetted. I, I have been on the phone with them messaging them so many times to confirm, like, is it all vegan? They even have a flavor called maple bacon coffee and it's vegan. Like what? I don't even know what it tastes like. I haven't tried it yet, but it looks like awesome. And I confirmed it's all vegan. I've heard you say, you know, again, that's why I brought up the coffee shop thing. I, that was one of my favorite things to do in San Diego was to go to the coffee shops because the coffee shops there and you've traveled a lot. So you've had your exposure to um, coffee shops, but the coffee shops in San Diego are very much about a social world. It's it's not like the big chain and I'm not going to name it, but like the big chain where you're just there and you Playing, you're kind of playing on your computer or your devices, but you know you go there and you have your your, your basic foods, like a, a wrap, a deli sandwich, or something like that. Coffee, all, but um, the experience is about coming together to play chess or board games, having conversation, very laid back. I love that, and I don't see that out here. Yeah, no, it is hard, and I I like to point that out too. Is like coffee has always been about conversation. It's almost like coffee shops are the modern day watering hole. We can come together and have a conversation. We can use coffee as a stimulant, if you will. I've never really looked at coffee to be caffeinated because I've got to be honest, I am a very energetic person naturally. I probably shouldn't drink coffee, but I just love it so much. Um, But I like to use it as a device to connect with people. And I will say I'm really excited um, next weekend. So yeah, a week and a half from now, I'll be in... uh, Kona, Hawaii. Um, so I'm going to be, uh, staying at an all vegan hotel in Hawaii. Everything's vegan. So it's in the, it's called big Island. That's the Island. Um, but it's Kona. We're we're flying into Kona and I'm really excited because it's the only state in America that grows coffee. Um, so I'm going to be having coffee like freshly like grown and roasted on the island at a vegan resort. It's called um, Heartcore Hotels. Um, it's owned by a vegan married couple, and they have a cute vegan dog named Sushi the Chihuahua. <laughs> Me and John Francis are going to be there for three days. And um, what's really cool about this place, aside from them being all vegan, they only have four huts, like four rooms. So you get to rent a hut. Um, and the, every time, every morning you wake up to a full vegan breakfast with fresh coffee. They make vegan waffles, vegan omelets, vegan toast, you name it. Everything's vegan. And, um, we're going to also interview the coffee shops and vegan restaurants in Kona while we're there. And, um, I already arranged the whole thing. We're going to write a full article for Fedworld on it. And, um, that's next weekend. So I'm really excited. And the reason why we're going next weekend is because they told us that is the best time to see the whales and the sea turtles. So that's why we're going this time of year. Oh, well, I can't wait to look for the article and to read because how beautiful is that? I've never had the full experience of being in a vegan um, kind of resort or hotel. So you'll we'll live vicariously through you. 
Yes. I mean, hey, hopefully this inspires you and other readers to go because this place just opened last year. They're brand new. So I'm really excited to help shed light on what they're doing over there. They're all about sustainability too, which is amazing. You're very optimistic about our future. And this whole pandemic hasn't slowed us down. If anything, a lot of us are getting more involved in, in, in the virtual world like this through podcasts, through YouTube videos. We're really helping to spread the message. Where do you hope to see yourself in the next few years with this business that you have and also just in terms of leadership and uh, your work as an entrepreneur? If anything, I think this time has been really great. This is me looking at silver linings. Obviously, this time has not been really great for other reasons. Um, So I don't want to just act like nothing ever happened. It has. But to look at the silver lining, I feel like this has been a really good time for us to um, one, look introspectively and look at our lives at like, okay, life is short. How can I make the most of it? But also take the time that we've had to spend at home to research, to educate, to learn more about so many things, veganism, health and wellness, eco-friendly practices, you know, being good with your self-love practices or even being good to others. It's, it's been really cool to have more time to read or just to expand our minds. And I think that's, that's the silver lining here is like, you know what, we probably never would have had this time if we weren't, you know, stuck at home. And it's almost a good thing. Like, I've, obviously, I was going stir crazy, because I'm such an extrovert. I miss my people time. But at the same time, I was like, I'm really glad I get to listen to more podcasts. I'm really glad I get to watch more documentaries or read more books or news articles or whatever it is. And I've learned so much. I mean, I, I'm so thankful for that. And um, I've been able to put it into practice for my career, what I want to do with it. Obviously, I've had a lot of aha moments in the last you know, year and a half, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but looking forward, I, I definitely want to um, be more international. I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to travel this year. Um, particularly like the whole mission of my travels is always to shed light on the vegan um, opportunities in other countries or states or cities. And um, I'm, I've always wanted to do that. I want to take my skills for journalism and also, um, you know, marketing and just networking and make it to where I can educate people on like, wow, it's really easy to be vegan while traveling, or it's really easy to be vegan in this country or that, you know, kind of business industry, what have you. And so my goal, my five-year plan, not only obviously to move to Ireland, we we really want to do that. But also I've always wanted to have my own TV show, um, almost like a traveling TV show, but everything be about vegan culture. Um, so my dream is to um, not only talk about vegan food, but also how many cultures around the world are inherently vegan with a certain practice that they do, whether that be being really kind to their soil or their earth or their animals that, you know, are in their town or city. Um, I think that's something that's not as talked about. And I would love to be kind of the journalist that uncovers that, if you will. So that's my goal. Uh, And I'm really hoping to use that. Obviously, still be doing sprinkle stuff, still grow sprinkles and if anything, just grow my team more so I can um, do these traveling and make these connections while, you know, the home base is taken care of. Um, and that's kind of like the the five-year plan, if you will. 
And you have the perfect personality and the curiosity. Oh, I hope that you make that happen. That'll be wonderful. And so is there anything else that maybe I forgot to ask? Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Keep reading VegWorld. It's still free. It's still available for anyone that wants to read it. It's just VegWorldMagazine.com. Super easy. Um, I just haven't. I just put out a new article, two new articles I wrote for VegWorld for the latest issue that just came out a few weeks ago. Um, one, I was I went to an all vegan resort in Mexico called uh, uh, Palmaya House of Eja. It's a hundred percent vegan resort that we went to for our honeymoon, and it was incredible. It was all inclusive. Everything was vegan, even the spa packages, even the soap they use, they make it from themselves. Like it was insane. It's in Mexico um, near Tulum, and so I wrote about that our stay there, and also I wrote about a vegan festival in Miami called Seed Food and Wine. We went there in November and had the best experience. It was such a cool event because not only was it like a food event, but it was also um, like a conference. So we got to hear really successful business owners talk about how they built their team and like what their future goals are for taking their business even bigger for the vegan community and, and beyond. So that was really cool. Um, so those are new articles that you can read that I put in there. But also, um, I host vegan bus tours. Um, so I host... I've. I've hosted about six now, five or six in Dallas. I started last year, um, mid like summer of last year is when I started those. And um, I try to have one every other month. So I just had one last weekend for Valentine's Day. It was like a vegan Valentine's Day um, bus tour. And that was the first Valentine's Day one. Um, and it was sold out. It was so fun. We learned so much about, um, you know, vegan options in Dallas, but also I do trivia on the bus. So I always give away prizes. If people could answer the trivia questions, right. Then I give away prizes on the bus, but we always go to about four or five vegan or vegan friendly restaurants in Dallas area. And you, your ticket includes, uh, food from all, all the restaurants plus, um, drinks on the bus, Plus, you don't have to drive. You literally get to have fun. Just sit down. You have to worry about traffic. You park your car and then you hang out with me for about four hours and eat all the food and then, you know, take some prizes home. And um, so my next one in Dallas is going to be in April. But my next one um, in general is going to be in San Antonio next month. So March 26th, it's a Saturday. I'm going to host the second San Antonio bus tour. We had one last August. And it was such a hit. Everybody in San Antonio was like, when are you going to do your next one? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to do my next one. But you, you know, San Antonio is a five hour drive from Dallas. So I'm like, I can't do that super often. Um, I've already got too much going on. It's insane. I'll never forget. I just told my dad recently that I do bus tours. He's like, how do you have the time? I'm like, I don't know, because I don't have kids or something. Maybe that's why. This was one of the reasons that I wanted to speak with you on the podcast was because of your tours. But I did mention that one of Riz's daughters was the one that told us and she said, you know, there's this uh, tour, they do vegan chocolate tours or something like that. So and she said, you might want to go like on a date night or something like that. And so but she never told us she didn't give us any more information. But when I heard about that, I said, Oh, my goodness, I want to know. And and I probably want to go on one of those tours. I hope you can join us for the next one. So the company that I partner with. Um, she's an older lady named uh, Janine, and she's been doing these. Uh, it's called Dallas by Chocolate. She's been doing these tours, I think she said 30 years. I mean, she's been in the game for a while here in Dallas. And um, she reached out to me. I had never heard of her before. She found me on Facebook. I forgot someone, I think someone recommended me to her. I honestly can't remember. But last year, she reached out and said and introduced herself. And she was like, hey, 
I've been doing these tours for years, but I've never done a vegan one. And I've been having a lot of requests for people asking, can we do a vegan tour? And she was like, I'm not vegan, but I was recommended to connect with you because I would rather have a vegan lead it than me or a non-vegan. I was like, wow, that is so powerful. That's so cool of her to be like, you know what? I want to let like someone who's like in the game really do it. And so of course I was like, sign me up. I'm in, I'm ready. And, um, cause again, I'm an extrovert. I love stuff like this. So I was like, I'm not nervous to get up in front of a crowd and talk for four hours. That sounds great. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I, we started doing it and they have been a hit. They've been selling out. All the restaurants we go to are so thankful. They're like, wow, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate this because they get a proceed from every ticket. Like they benefit. Not only do they get monetarily, you know, value out of it, but they also get exposure. People that have never heard of them, never been to their restaurant, they come back after our tours. They're like, you have put me onto this restaurant. Now we go all the time because of your tour showed us how great it is. And we go to places that are fully vegan and not fully vegan, but have great vegan options because I like to do that specifically because that shows you, hey, if you're out with coworkers or family, you can eat vegan at this restaurant and they can eat whatever they want to. Win-win across the board. And um, obviously my heart is always with small businesses. I want them to thrive no matter what, especially small business restaurants. And so this is an opportunity to really check all the boxes that I love, you know, vegan, small business, um, unique events, unique community building exposure. And, you know, Janine is so wonderful to work with, um, to, to put this on and to also give me this platform. Um, and I'm just so thankful. It's it's really cool opportunity. So I'm glad that, you know, and in a way we are being more sustainable too, because people aren't using as much gas emissions to go drive to five restaurants in a day. Like we're just, we're all on a bus, 40 people usually, and um, we're able to go to the, all these restaurants and give them a lot of love. And then, of course, people get to know each other. Now, are the majority of the people that come on these tours, are they vegan or vegan curious? or Always um, a split. Honestly, there's always an even split. There's always um, vegans, of course. And then there's people that I've never heard of. They find me from Eventbrite or from Google search or like someone said that they typed in what to do in Dallas this weekend and they just found my link. And so to some of them, I've never, you know, connected with, they've never heard of me. They just are like, Hey, this looks fun. I'm not vegan. Let's try it. And I met like this past weekend at our Valentine's one. Um, I met a couple older couples and older folks saying like, I'm not vegan, but this is so amazing. Like I had no idea how delicious and like cultural vegan food can be like we went to a Vietnamese restaurant and we had their vegan you know like um tofu and noodles and dumplings and it was obviously all vegan but it's because Vietnamese food is very easy to make vegan and so like so many couples and just people it wasn't like predominantly couples but people were saying like hey I'm not vegan but like I really appreciate you putting this on to show me that I could be vegan, even when I eat out, not just at home. And it helps me feel a little bit better about what I put in my body. And I'm like, that is so cool. And obviously, they all had a good time too, because everyone usually goes home with a prize or some kind of, you know, little swag bag or something. And so that's really special for me to give them something to take home with them, you know, more than just a full stomach. <laughs> sure. Yes. Because of the experience is good, they'll want to do it again. So how can people learn more about you, the work that you're doing, your tours? What's the best way for people to reach out to you? 
Instagram is my favorite. Obviously, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on everything else, but I just love Instagram. It's my preferred place um, just because of the opportunities to post photos and videos and links and stories on there. Um, so I always kind of post on Instagram before I post anywhere else. Um, so if you want like really up-to-date stuff, look in there. And if you go in the link in my bio, you can see all of my upcoming events, like my bus tour for San Antonio. The tickets are already on sale um, there on Eventbrite. And so, um, you know, any opportunities for like discount codes for any of the products that I use, I put it on Instagram too. And that's always cool. Um, same with the coffee stuff. Um, but VegWorld Magazine is where you can read all the articles and kind of participate in that coverage. But I would say go to my Instagram, which is the colorful Courtney. Obviously, I like color. Um, and I like alliterations because I'm a nerd. So colorful Courtney. Um, but yeah, so go there. It's the colorful Courtney with a with a the at the beginning. And um, you'll see other, everything that I kind of do across the board. And I, I post about Veg World stuff and Sprinkle stuff on there and coffee stuff on there too. But I, I link it back to their specific niche pages. But that's kind of like my catch-all, if you will. So I'd say go there first. This has been such a pleasure. Um, congratulations on everything that you're doing on really what you've done in Dallas to really promote the vegan movement, the companies, the small businesses that are on board with veganism. And then of course, now you're just on a larger scale, you're reaching out in other cities throughout the country, and then you're possibly going international with some of the promotions that you're doing when you travel as well. It's just incredible. Like I said, I, I don't know how you have the energy, but uh, it's it's wonderful what you're doing. It's that vegan diet. And, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Courtney, for being with us today. Likewise. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts that helps us to spread our message. You can also head on over to podinbox.com forward slash HLS to leave me a voicemail. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening.